Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Angela Snow. Don't get out of line today, all right? I've come locked and loaded. I'm just kidding. There's a reason for the hammer. They used to call me the hammer before I got healed. (laughs) They still call me. I'm a velvet hammer now, the velvet hammer. Um, Ooh, yeah. Yeah, Holy Spirit's got some stuff on his mind today. Yeah, time to have some family time, have a little family talk. And uh, But yeah, Holy Spirit um, is going to be healing people's hearts as we go today. We're going to have a, t- a moment of healing at the end, but he's going um, to be healing people as we go um, Holy Spirit has some very specific things on his heart, and they're different for each one of you. They're, there's different for me. I'm even, like, believing that as I go, like, Holy Spirit is going to be healing my heart as we go today. So, just put your hand on your heart. <laughs> yeah, just close your eyes and just um, just welcome the Holy Spirit. Just give the Holy Spirit permission to come in and to talk to you today. God really wants you to feel his heart for you today. He really wants you to have an actual, like, tangible encounter with his heart, with his love. And he wants to change a paradigm or change a lens that you've been looking at life through. He wants to help you shift a paradigm. He wants to help you shift a paradigm. He wants to help you get rid of a lie that you've been believing most likely your entire life. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that right now your angels are just moving about us, moving amongst us, Lord. And even if you don't feel anything right now, that is okay. It's okay. He's with you. He's going to talk to you as we go today. All right, so... Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is right here. He's super excited about uh, changing some things today. Wow, this is almost too close to my face. It's a little too tall. Who ordered this? Who picked this out? I'm just kidding. It was me. <laughs> I did this to myself. I didn't realize it was this tall. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, So I've been, like, God's had me this week processing the lenses that we carry, the way, like, the lenses that we actually see life through. And 
like, this has been, well, actually, to be quite honest, the last time I spoke, it was way back in May, and I was kind of wrestling between talking about lenses and what God ended up talking about was the truest thing about you is that you're loved by me. The truest thing about you is that you're loved by God. So I kind of went back and forth between that. But um, so he chose that. So I said, yes, sir. That's, that's the message for the day. So and then I was supposed to speak on July the 3rd. And it was going to be on lenses. But my mom went to heaven that week. And so I didn't have the kind of bandwidth to do that. And so I'm like, God, like, what is it about, like, it's like this thing's been getting pushed, pushed, pushed. And, you know, family talk, a lot of things happen. And here we are at this point right here. And there's this timing for this thing. There's a timing for this to help us kind of cross over as a family. And we're going to mature a little bit. And God's wanting to, God's wanting to have us address this and just kind of like process this together as a family because there are some, who knows, there are some pretty amazing things that God has called the house to do. A lot of things that he's, he's wanting us to step into. But we're going to, he wants us to kind of mature in an area so that when we step into this promised land or we step into the things that he's called us to do, we have some more foundation, we're more calm on the inside. We have, we're more, a little bit more healed, you know, it's like we're a little bit more how many of you know, like, the more healed you've been on the inside, kind of like the more capacity you have to carry whatever it is that God's calling you to do or, you know, calling you to step into? So this is kind of what this, this is like. It's, you know, um, God started talking to me about lenses like 15, 14 years ago, and it was super healing for me. But he's been pushing this thing because, like, I, now's the time. And, and I just understood why the timer during the prophetic we were actually talking about this message, and, and there is, because this is the time. This is actually the time for this message. So we get to, so just kind of like, we're, we're like, whatever it is that I'm saying, it might, you know, we're a little bit of iron's going to sharpen a little bit of iron today, and that's okay, but it's all, it's, all of it's preparing us to kind of step into this thing that God's called us to, so that we can carry some more. But God never does this. How many of you know, like, God never does this in a harsh way? He never, like, he's, he's never, like, you know, never mind the hammer. <laughs> God doesn't use this when he's helping us learn. You know, he actually just comes in and he heals our hearts. And he's super, super gentle and he's super tender, you know. Um, he doesn't typically say, you know, not God's voice, like, you're an idiot and you're believing a lie right now, Angela. He's actually never said that to me. He's only ever said the truth. He only ever says what the truth is. So we're going to talk about family today, but the first thing I want to kind of like, kind of build a foundation of, of like why it is that things are the way they are. So how many of you have been through Growth Track, the inner healing class with me? Okay. So we go through this paradigm of God is actually a family. You have God the Father, you have God the Son. And you have God, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, I mean, it's kind of obvious. Like, we put, we put Father God into kind of like a father paradigm. And we put, you know, Jesus, he's the son of God. It's easy to kind of put him into the son or like a child paradigm. But, like, how does the Holy Spirit fit into that? Well, without getting all into all the Hebrew and all that stuff, I'll just very quickly. 
The Holy Spirit is saying, hey, write this down. And every time the Holy Spirit is referring to himself, he's actually saying, hey, choose, instead of choosing the masculine form of this word, choose the feminine. So he's releasing this femininity of God. So it's like, so we get to see, obviously, the masculine when we're talking about God the Father, and we get to see the feminine when we're talking about God the Holy Spirit. And so that's why a lot of times around here, you might hear people say, Mama Holy Spirit, because your, your heart kind of needs a mom. We need a mom, we need a dad, we need a brother. And Jesus, obviously, Savior of the world, yep, King of the universe, check. But he's also our elder brother. And so you can see the Godhead is actually a family. And that's why God designed things the way that he designed, um, designed them. <clears throat> and we talk about an inner healing that the Father, Father God, <clears throat> is deeply, the way we interact with Father God is deeply impacted by our own fathers. So if your father, <clears throat> excuse me, was really, let's just say distant, and you try to have a conversation with Father God, he may just, may just feel really silent. He's just distant. Father God never says anything to me. I can talk to Jesus, because maybe you had a couple cool siblings, or maybe you had your good friends. If you didn't have any siblings, if you're an only child, your paradigm for Jesus actually will come from your closest friends, because it's that peer group is how that gets designed. <clears throat> so if you had a father that was distant, it might feel a little hard to connect with God, Father God. Um, if you had a mom who was maybe a little bit... Uh, you know, out of control. Maybe she was there, but then she wasn't. It's like, you might feel really scared by Holy Spirit. You might not feel very comfortable actually interacting with the Holy Spirit. Like, why would the Holy Spirit actually want to interact with me? So this is kind of that, what we were kind of going through in inner healing class. Most of it was actually really focused on how we relate to God through these lenses that our parents gave us, that our family gave us. So <clears throat> we are all made in the image of God, male and female, the masculine and the feminine, but it wasn't just that. We we're actually made in the image of God when it comes to family. The very first thing God did, you know, it's not good for Adam to be alone, so he created a family. He, he, he actually created the beginning of a family. And, I mean, the first thing they did was they immediately proceeded to ruin everything because they had one job. This did not eat from that. They had one job. Don't eat from that tree. <clears throat> but... He created a family. God actually started and he created a family. So we actually relate to God through this, this lens of family. And so it's really interesting. We actually take these lenses that we were given in our families, when we were our family of origin, let's just say. We take that and then we apply it to God, but we don't only just apply it to God. We apply it Pretty much everywhere in our lives, we, we apply it to your current family. So your spouses, your children, your in-laws, like all of these different things. We actually take these lenses, these paradigms that our, our parents gave us, and we start applying them to our current family. After you get married and you have kids and all this kind of stuff, that's a lot of times that's why you'll hear, you're just like my mother, <laughs> you know, you're just like my dad or whatever. It's like we have these paradigms, these lenses that we're seeing stuff through. A lot of times we, we come in and we bring these, we apply them to our jobs. You know, it's like my boss reminds me of so-and-so or whatever. 
Um, we apply them to our friendships, even when we don't know we are. We apply them just kind of to life in general. It's like if you have a flat tire, the lens your dad gave you, your mom gave you on how to deal with difficulty, you're going you're gonna to actually use that lens through just like regular, regular stuff in life. But today, we're going to kind of more focus on how these lenses impact us in a church family. So that's kind of where we're going to be kind of focusing in, honing in on today. Um, God, I know a lot of churches out there do, they do church more commercialized maybe or more less connected or more of a corporate feel, and that's okay. Like everybody needs to do what God's called them to do. But I, I do feel like God's called us here to do church like family. And so that's why a lot of times people are like, oh, man, we come in and it's like everything, it just feels like family here. Because we're already start, we already kind of have those relationships and they're walking in and they feel, you know, that it's more of a connected, people want to connect with you. So um, he, he loves, um, he loves doing church like family. And in, in Psalm 68, God says um, he puts the, the lonely in families. So he loves bringing people in. He loves actually getting people connected in family. It provides the opportunity for spiritual mothering and spiritual fathering. And for a lot of us here, like that's been super helpful to our growth. It's been crucial to getting free, breaking out of, out of bondage and just kind of being in community. And the reason that that is, obviously it says, you know, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, but encourage one another. So that's why we come together as often as we can. Come together, encourage one another. But there's actually, you guys know me, I love when science finally starts backing up scripture when we finally get there. So did you guys know that if they take a human cell and put it in isolation, that cell will increase in chaos until it literally destroys itself from the inside out. As I was blown away when I was watching this scientist talk about how cells, how the human cell will destroy itself because it doesn't, we basically don't know how to regulate. The cell doesn't know how to regulate without the other cells around it. That's really cool. And the same thing happens with dogs. If a dog is really traumatized and they, there's, there's stuff going on, you know, unfortunately there are people out there that abuse animals. But if that's happening, the fastest way to actually get a dog healed is to put it in a healthy pack so that it can interact with health. It can see health all around it. And this dog can like, oh, okay. Things can start to calm down. It doesn't happen all at once, but it's like, okay, the dog can start to regulate. When that cell gets put back with healthy cells, it can now start to regulate, and it can receive the information from the other cells, and it can actually, actually start to um, increase its ability to function properly. It increases in health, and it can actually, it can then survive instead of dying off. So we are, I mean, you get where I'm going with this. We're the same way. Us humans, have you ever just, I don't know, spent a week alone or something, and it's just like, ugh. I know some introverts, I know, Tina, you would love a week alone. <laughs> Nobody around, you want to just like introvert out and just like, you know, do all that. But like, you know, for me, I'm a little bit more extroverted, but 
um, I don't know if you've ever noticed, like it's just healthy to be around people. You feel a little bit more balanced once you have these people around you that actually help keep you balanced. Because if you're just left alone with your thoughts for like a month, it's like it literally, you kind of descend into some chaos. You, we literally don't know how to, it's a good thing. We need each other to reg help regulate ourselves. Because when we're isolated, just like the human cell, our internal world descends into chaos. And even God said when he made Adam, it's like, hey, it's actually not good for Adam to be alone. He had access to God himself. Talk to God. Perfection was all around him. He had the animals. He had all the beauty in the world. And it was like, uh, it's actually not good for him to be alone. So as we come into a church body, we actually start making connections with people. And we start forming, you know, some intimate relationships. And um, one thing that God showed me that we start doing is we actually start putting people in boxes. And so... And we all do this differently. So this is going to be like Holy Spirit is just going to talk to you about how this works internally in your heart. But we start putting people in a dad box. You know, this guy's a pastor guy, and he's like, oh, you know, he's the dad box. He, like, you don't even have time. You don't know what you're doing. It's just like he goes in the dad box, and then you see, you know, like maybe Pastor Joy, she's like the female pastor, and it's like, oh, she's going to go in the mom box in my head. So it's kind of like, this is how I relate to her. This is what you know, Daniel feels like, or um, this person leads a ministry, um, and they remind me of my crazy Aunt Bertha. So now this person, like, gets into this crazy aunt box, and that's how you relate to them. And um, people that aren't a pastor, maybe you just relate to them. You put them in, like, the, the sister or the brother box. And this is how we start building these relationships. And, well, there's, there's always Eric, and he just, you know, has to say fear not every time he enters the room with his massive nest. So it's easy to put Eric in a box, the dad, the dad box, because he's, what? The God box, yeah. <laughs> the God box, fear not, yeah. So, but just kind of process for a second. See, this is like, this isn't just like me, like, just shoving a bunch of information. It's like, so kind of like process. It's like the last time, like, who, who have I put in this dad kind of paradigm, this dad box? Who am I seeing through this dad lens in the church? Who am I seeing through the mom lens or the crazy aunt lens or just, hey, my sister, you know, sister super Christian box or whatever, whatever you do, like whatever box you put people in. But um, typically this is going to happen anytime you feel like somebody has authority. So that's why a lot of times you start putting your boss into the dad box or female boss. I had a female boss for six years, and it's kind of like, she was crazy. I mean, she was probably going through menopause, but she was crazy for a while, and that's all right, you know, but like, I put her in the mom box, like, that's all right, but I, I, I was, God started telling me, hey, the reason why some of this is difficult is because you're putting her in the mom box. This paradigm that you're actually interacting with your boss is is because of the lens that you have. It's because of some of the wounds that you have from the past, that your mom was kind of crazy. She was all over the place. You couldn't tell if she was going to have a good day or a bad day. Uh, my mom just had some mental health issues when, when I was growing up. Um, loved Jesus with all her heart, just some mental issues and stuff. Um, when we start seeing people through lenses, it can actually be a really good thing, or it can be a really bad thing, or it can be both.
I mean, who, who wouldn't want to? I mean, I think we've all wanted to just have a spiritual dad, a spiritual mom. You just want somebody that can be able to speak into your life and just encourage you and just pour into you. But the thing is, is if you put somebody, and I'm not even saying this is bad or good or anywhere, I'm just, this is for you to process. You put somebody in that spiritual kind of dad box, um, they can release the good, but sometimes you're also going to be seeing them through that paradigm that you have of your own father. So you have to kind of be cognizant, be aware of that. So the wounds um, and the lenses that we carry, so your, your dad gives you, you know, a certain lens. So we're now carrying this lens through life. And we actually bring that in here. So let's just say, um, actually, can I get, uh, Michael, would you mind coming up? And then Daniel, would you come up here? And we're going to do a little pretend exercise because I want to put it into, like, make it, yeah, like here, por favor. So we're going to pretend that Michael's dad was super amazing, okay? And this lens that Michael's dad gave him was every, it's kind of like Evan, everybody loves me. Why would no one not love me? Everyone loves me. So Daniel is actually in the, in, the, in the process of giving Evan this lens. Everybody loves you. Every time he walks in the room, Daniel's like, hey, buddy. You know, it's like, it's like every single time. So Evan's just like, everybody loves me. So let's just pretend you're Evan or <laughs> you're grown up Evan. So your dad loved you, loved you, loved you. And so you have this lens of everybody loves me. Okay. But Daniel, let's just pretend that Daniel had a dad that gave him this lens that um, you have to perform for love. So he didn't welcome him every time he walked in the room. Daniel's father or stepfather or whoever, you know, um, was kind of like meh, you know, um, and didn't really celebrate him very much. And he felt like he kept constantly having to earn his dad's love. So let's just pretend, okay, let's pretend, I'm a, I was going to have Ken do this, but it's just too far to walk for one sentence. <laughs> but let's just pretend that Ken, you know, big dad figure, dad guy, and he's in, you know, you've got this dad lens that you see Ken with. So Ken walks by and he goes, hey, Michael's good to see you today. And Michael thinks to himself, yay, he loves me, he loves to see me, Right? Yeah, he likes being around me. This guy likes me. You know, he missed me last week when I wasn't here. He loves being around me. And it's like, yeah, high five, hug Ken. You know, everything's great. But let's just say Daniel, not being the pastor, just a guy, just hanging out in the church, and Ken comes walking by, and Ken says, hey, I'm so glad to, to see you here today. But Daniel thinks to himself, <clears throat> wow, um, I guess he's upset that I wasn't here last Sunday. I better not miss next Sunday or he's going to be really disappointed and mad and then he won't like me and he'll reject me and he doesn't, like, doesn't he even know, like, all the responsibilities that I have? I'm, like, a husband and a father and then I have in-laws in town all the time and I have to work really hard and I'm traveling constantly. I can't be here every Sunday and I have no idea why I'm so angry. Wow. And all of that just happened on the inside and nothing moved on the outside. You just saw him stand there like, but he's emotionally feeling this pressure. He's feeling the emotion, but he's, it's only because he look, he's looking through a lens, and his lens is different than Michael's lens. 
Um, so Daniel now feels this pressure. Man, I better show up every Sunday. Now, now this place is actually not about being loved and welcomed and loved on and getting to receive from the Lord and all that. Now this place is a place of pressure because he doesn't want to disappoint this person that he has a, that's in the dad box. Do you see how that works? Who, who's, who's, like, who's getting it? Encourage me that you're getting it. Okay, you're getting it. Clap for these guys. Thank you so much. Okay, you can have a seat, guys. Thank you so much. So these lenses can really look like almost anything. It can be you have to perform right for love. And we're feeling all of this. So it's like I really want you to focus on what's happening in here because this is where God, like, this is where he's, he's, he's working is in here right now, in these relationships and in these kind of situations. If you um, had wounds and lenses that it's like, if I don't uh, do the right thing, I'm going to get punished. If you grow up with that, if you grow up with uh, your heart doesn't matter, I have to follow all the rules. Um, If I don't follow the rules, then love is you know, I have to, um, I have to serve. And obviously, who knows, serving's good, right? But it's like, I have to serve or I'm not loved. We get these paradigms, we get these lenses, and we walk in here, which is supposed to be this place of love and of like, this is my safe space. This is great. You know, the world's crazy. My boss may be crazy. You know, my wife may be crazy, my husband may be crazy, but if I can come in here and just just let it all go, like I know I can get refreshed and filled up. But the enemy, he actually tries to, he, get the, he gets these lenses, and then he tries to do these things amongst us. You know, just as an example, let's just say um, uh, Becky and Aaron, I'm just I'm literally making stuff up here. Uh, this is like, I'm, I'm going to make up stuff that's never, never happened, okay? So let's just say Becky and Aaron are um, over there talking in the corner, and I walk in the room, and they immediately stop, and they just look at me. If I have a lens, if I had an experience when I was in, let's just say junior high, because girls in junior high are awesome, <laughs> We are awesome in junior high. Let's just say I had a couple friends, like I had this experience where they gossiped about me or something, and I caught them. That could literally be a lens that I'm wearing, and I walk in, and they stop talking, and I have no idea what they're talking about, but my lens is they're not trustworthy. I'm, I'm, up, I'm starting, I feel fear. I start feeling these emotions. I want to leave the room. I just feel like I need to go. Yeah get my hammer and beat him up. Actually, you're, you're a step ahead of me, Craig. You're prophetic, my friend. <laughs> but if I, you know, if that's my lens from this experience, they could literally be processing, hey, how can we surprise Angela for her birthday? And they stop talking because they don't want me to hear the plan. And I have literally, we've done this in Sozo's, like that's an actual example of someone that got so deeply wounded, but it, they were actually, once they found out the truth, it's those people were planning her birthday, and that's why they stopped talking. 
But do you see how the lens that I, I could carry, and thankfully, like, I didn't have that lens, and that's never happened, you know? But it's like, that could, that could actually be what, like, could you imagine? This is supposed to be my safe space, my safe place to come and get refreshed and filled up, but I walk out with this huge, like, dagger, it feels like, in my gut. But it's because of my lens. They actually didn't do anything. I mean, Aaron could have been telling Becky something super confidential and personal, but it's actually, like, not okay for me to hear. And I don't want to hear things that aren't, that I'm not supposed to hear, you know. And so it would be appropriate for her to stop talking about whatever that thing is, because that's her heart. She gets to decide who she shares it with. But if my lens is I'm wounded already because people gossip about me, I will literally leave this building with a knife in my gut when nothing actually happened. Who's, who understands? Help me out. You get it. Okay. So you get it. Okay. So we're going to do a couple more examples, but that's like really the gist of some of the things that the Holy Spirit kind of wants to talk to us about today is like, what's your lens? So if, if you have this lens of I'm not wanted, that lens could trigger off when you, you know, when Becky and Aaron stop talking when you walk in the room. You could have a lens of, like if in your family, you always felt uncomfortable in your family, like just in your own home, because things weren't super awesome, let's just say. And you always had this thing where I just want to run. I just want to leave my family. Like, why do I just want to run away from this place? When you come in here, the enemy is going to do one thing. He's gonna, he knows the button that you have. He's going to try to push the button that says, run. He's going to push it over and over and over until you, until we get down in here and until we get this thing kind of worked out that I don't need to run, you know, like it's like I'm actually safe, I'm okay, I don't need to run. But there's a reason that you want to run. It's not random. So this is actually like really good news that there's a reason that you're feeling, I just need to run, I just need to run, or I just need to leave, or ah, I'm just not wanted here. Nobody likes me. I don't fit in. If you felt like you didn't have a place in your own family, if you feel like you didn't really ever fit in your own family, when you come in here, the enemy is going to try to convince you that you don't fit and that you don't have a place. That's what he's going to try to do because that's the button. That's the lens that you picked up when you were a kid. And so that's the thing the enemy is going to try to do. So this is what we have to look out for. Before I realized what was happening, this was, I mean, it's happening to all of us, but before I realized it, things were really painful. I'll just be really brutally honest with you. You know, I could, you know, it was some of the stuff from my childhood, let's just say, let's just pretend this, this, this water thingy wasn't here, like this cup of water. And I get up to preach today. And I'm like, huh. Well, they get water for Daniel. They get water for Joy, but not for me. Because I'm not important. Because that's the message that I carried around in my heart when I was a kid. I'm not important. 
Please tell me you see it. Okay, you see it. This is really good. Okay? This is really good. Because the enemy is always trying to get us into offense with one another. It's, it is the bait of Satan. It's the one thing. It's this one thing that he's constantly trying to get us going like that at one another. And when we're doing that, if we're facing each other like this, or even if we run out of the, and we're, we're doing this to ourselves, we really can't do much to help the people around us, can we? We're, there's something filling us up that's just not the thing we want to pour out. Whatever's filling you up does pour out. That's why the, the you know, Holy Spirit's like, hey, don't do bitterness. Don't do that. Because it, it just kind of leaks out, just defiles all these people, you know. But this, it's like, okay, well, how do I stop being offended? Like, what? Like, because things hurt. And so this is why we're doing this today. It's like, it's, there, there's a reason, there's a foundational reason that things are happening. There is a reason. You're not just crazy. You're not just, you know, uh, easily, easily pushed around by the enemy. You're not just, you know, everybody, you know, it's not like everybody's a jerk. That's not the case. There is a reason. And so understanding that there's a reason actually gives us the power to say, oh, okay. This is understanding what my lens is will greatly help me, number one, receive healing from the Lord, stay out of offense, and be able to actually minister to people because I, I'll have the capacity because I won't be processing. I can't believe, you know, what if joy is, you know, she's full of the Holy Spirit. She's doing exactly what the Holy Spirit has said for her to do. She's laughing. She's drunk in the Spirit. She's coming up here. She's getting ready to worship, but she walks right past you, and you feel the dagger. You feel it hit. Did she do anything wrong? No, but a lot of times you can, like, that sadness will hit Okay, so why did this, this is, what, this is what you need to do. Ask yourself why the sadness just hit. What just happened? If the sadness hits, it's probably because you've got mom, I'm sorry, you've got, that's like a Freudian slip. You've got joy <laughs> in the mom box. You've got this mom lens that you're kind of viewing joy through. And she just walked by you. And your mom lens, the lens that your mother gave you was, you're really just not that important because you always felt like your mom never paid attention to you. You felt like she didn't have time for you. You weren't important. She was busy with all these other things. So you just kind of felt like your mom ignored you in life. Do you get it? Okay. I'm so glad you're getting it. Thanks for the clap. The one clap. No. No, you don't have to, you don't have to clap. I just, <laughs> starting the slow cap clap. Thanks, Greg. Um, <laughs> the slow clap can be for later. I'll let you know. Um, but I want to share just a couple things with you guys about, about a couple things that actually happened with me. So it's not always just a specific wound that you got from a specific parent. It could simply be, this was the atmosphere of my home. And in my home, the atmosphere was, shut down your emotions. Um, 
hide how you really feel because it's not safe to speak up because if you speak up, it will actually bring punishment. And so I walked on eggshells in my house as I was growing up. Don't make anyone mad because there's going to be hell to pay. Don't tell anybody that anything's wrong because punishment's coming. Don't upset the apple cart. There's a moment of peace in the home. So just shh, be very quiet. Okay. So what happens when I walk in here in this beautiful family that God has given me, but I feel pain around something that's going on? Do you, who thinks I'm actually going to speak up? Who thinks I'm going to keep my mouth shut? Like four of you. Five, sorry. All right, so most of you guys think I'm probably going to keep my mouth shut because that is what I learned to do. And so God is wanting to undo all that within here. Even though Scripture says, let's Matthew 18 this bad boy, and have a healthy conversation. On the inside, I'm like, uh-uh, nope, negatory, good buddy. I'm not saying a word because I'm in fear that there's going to be retribution or punishment or, you know, hey, you, like, this really bothered me. So, deal with it. That was the phrase in my house, deal with it. So, you're four years old and you're trying to figure out how to deal with it, and, or whatever your paradigm is, okay? So this is like, this is not about me. Um, I'm sharing a story, but it's a good friend of mine, like 10 years ago, she said to me, she said, Angela, people will find themselves in your stories when they're ready to. So it's like I'm sharing stories, but it's really about you finding you. It's not about me. Like, I don't need you to come up and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. You felt like you couldn't talk in your house when you were growing up. You know, it's not about me. This is about you kind of like, like the Holy Spirit unveiling to you what this paradigm was that you grew up with. So it's okay to just like process right now. It's okay to just like let Holy Spirit talk to you about things. So no matter what would happen in here, I felt like I had to keep my mouth shut, just deal with it. And I had to figure out how to coexist without fully showing up. How do you know that, how many of you know that's, that's, that would probably be pretty doggone painful. It's pretty painful when you feel like you can't show up. And it's not even that people were doing anything. This is my paradigm. This is my family paradigm. And I'm bringing it into this family paradigm that God created. And now I'm, I'm like... And so some of these emotions that I would feel when I was a kid, it's like, I feel trapped. I feel stuck. I can't say anything. Nobody loves me. Why can't, you know, like, why am I not allowed to say what's, how I feel? Like, what is going on? Like, you can't figure out life. And you have that same paradigm running when you come in here. And it ends up making a church, your church experience can end up being really painful. It can make it really painful. But God wants this to be a place of healing and restoration for you, you know? It's like it breaks God's heart when we have offense and bitterness towards one another. 
because he knows that everything, everything works through love. He knows that love never fails. And when we're stuck in offense and bitter, like, we can't love. We really can't pour out love when we're stuck there. And so God, like, he wants to get us not just unstuck. And I'm not saying that, like, you guys are, like, all carrying around offense or bitterness. But I'm saying, like, as we grow as a body, we have to understand this, that, you know, even let's just say, you know, um, I'll pick on you again, Michael, because you're so amazing. Like, I'm like, hey, Michael, can you try singing this part? You know, if, if Michael had a really critical mother, how many of you know that he could start saying, man, I just I can't do anything right? It's like, why should I even stand up here and lead worship? It's like, all she does is tell me I'm singing the wrong part or I'm playing the wrong thing or whatever. And then you just, uh, you know, and you drive home and you just have this like, like a dagger in your heart, in your, in your stomach. And you just feel like, ugh, like you just got punched in the face or took out. And I'm not even saying that like, there won't be people that say something wrong. I'm not saying that I, my tone is going to be lovely and beautiful at all times, and I'm just going to pour out love all over. You know, I'm a person, like, and I'm so sorry in the moments that I fail. But it's like, come, come to me and tell me, like, hey, that really hurt. Or even, it's like, you know, hey, just like, hey, that's, like, is that okay? That, like, whatever it is, like, just ask the question. Because you don't really know what's going on in that other person's heart. And, and it's kind of like, if there's a pattern that's happening, like, of things that are happening like this, like, God, he's, he's, he wants to kind of, like, expose this today so that we can understand, so we can actually start processing, is this how I'm processing life? Is this how I'm processing, you know, like, Brianna? You know, what if my sister was, if Brianna said something to me, and I'm like, oh, man, Brianna always talks over top of me. She just never listens to me, so I feel like I should just not open my mouth. Well, I kind of have Brianna in the sister spot, right? And so what if I'm only thinking that because I have this lens that my sister gave me of, why are you even talking? Why are you even talking, Angela? Like, why is your mouth moving? Why are things coming out? You know, it's like, do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, you're getting it. This is really good. This is good. Yeah, this is, this is God's idea Lenses, like, this is, this whole day, like, this is God's idea. Because he really wants to, he want, there's a lot of things that he wants to do with us and through us for other people and for each other. He wants to bring healing to everyone's heart in here, including mine. I'm the one standing up here talking about it. And God had me processing lenses all week. Because so we're all, we're like, we're all in it together. We're all in this together. We can help each other. We can encourage each other. And so what I'm hoping is that as I'm talking, you've been kind of recognizing some of the, some of the lenses that maybe, some of the unhealthy lenses that your family gave you. You know, some of the things that you might be saying to yourself all the time. Um... When this happens, and you, like, you drive home with this dagger, like, in your gut, or, like, you feel like this dagger is in your heart. It's just, like, everything's so painful. What you're really doing is you're taking this hammer and, and that the enemy put in your hand when you were little. 
like it's five, like maybe you're five years old, six, seven, whatever it is, you started learning, I am not important. Whatever thing runs in your, whatever that thing is that your heart tells you or your mind tells you, it's like that's the thing that the enemy put in your hand. That's what the hammer says. And I had a lot of hammers. I had a, I had a plethora of lies to choose from at any moment to just, but we take this hammer and we literally will beat ourselves with it. I am not important. See, Angela, you're not important. Nobody cares about you. Nobody's ever going to listen to you. Nobody cares about your voice. You can't speak up. You can't say anything because nobody cares about your heart. So, like, we take this, this hammer that the enemy put in our hands when we were younger, and it might be, I'll always be alone. I'm not worthy of love. I have to perform for love. Whatever it is, it's like only you know what weapon the enemy gave you to use against yourself. But the enemy tries to get us to pick this up in here. And whether we go home or on the drive home and we're just sitting there, see, I'm not important. Nobody put water for me. But Steve, you got me. Thank you, brother. But like, you know, Steve's like, I gave you water. Yes, you did, because you're amazing. But like, what if that didn't happen? It's like, I'm not important. See? My needs always go unmet. My needs are never going to be. Why? Because I'm just not important. I'm not worthy of having my needs met. I'm not worthy of love. And so I could literally take no water cup and I could drive home. And this thing that the enemy put in my mind, this hammer, this weapon, I'm beating myself to death with this weapon. And it literally could have just been a, you know, a, a miss. You know, it's like no big deal. Or, yeah, Becky and Aaron, they're gossiping about me. See, nobody really likes me. Nobody really likes me. I don't like me. And so you go home with this self-hatred hammer, and you're beating yourself all the way home. And then, like Craig mentioned, we pick up this hammer, and we end up using it against somebody else. Because this guy was mean to me, you know. Um, Let's just say, for instance, Neil, Neil and Dakota are running the um, baptism ministry. And I'm going to use, I told Neil I was going to use him as an example because he's like the sweetest, kindest guy. I've never seen him say anything, you know. Um, but let's just say you have decided to help out to like uh, put up all the baptismal stuff over there for the baptisms that are coming up. And there's mats and there's like all this water stuff and the trough and all these different things that they're going to set up. Well, so you do your very best. You lay out the mats. But Neil notices something, and he goes, just that mat. And you literally internally think to yourself, man, nothing I do is good enough. What a jerk. What a jerky, meany, mean guy Neil is. But he's actually, he wasn't, sighing because like oh you're so you're so pathetic you can't do anything right you know half the time I bend over I'm like 
you know, I'm making noises. I'm 46. I'm starting to make noises when I bend over. <laughs> it's okay. You know, Niels, I don't know how old you are, man. You're too old. You're, <laughs> yeah. But he's just like, you know, he literally sighs or makes a noise when he bends over. But it's like every time you would do something that wasn't up to your dad's snuff, he'd be like, <sighs> and he'd just like fix it or adjust it because it's this critical thing that was running. So I just want you guys to see, it's like you can take this hammer and you can turn it inwards, I'm blah, blah, blah. Or you can take that same hammer and you can say, Neil is a jerk. Neil's a meanie, mean guy, bam. You know, Aaron's a <laughs> meanie, mean girl, that's right. <laughs> you know, Becky's a meanie, mean girl, you know. Um, and you can actually start getting, like, you know, hate in your heart towards Erin. Like, I don't trust Erin because she's a gossipy, gossipy, mean girl. You know, I don't like Neil because I can't do anything right. And he's just a jerk, jerk, jerk. So this, this is, like, what God wanted to talk to us about today. So often, the things that happen in here, the things we perceive that are happening in here aren't even happening in here. And we go home with pain in our gut. We go home, you know, and we say things about somebody that we shouldn't say. And it has nothing to do with what actually happened. They're planning an, a major surprise for your birthday. That's why they stopped talking. Sometimes, and I'm not saying that, like, you know, hard things aren't going to happen. But I'm not saying that everybody's going to be perfect. You know, the other day, I don't, like... I said something, it was like months ago, and I just like, I was in go mode and do mode, and I said something to Brianna, you know, I answered a question, and she's like, hey, uh, is everything okay? And I'm like, oh yeah, no, I love you so much. I'm like, oh, like it just came out weird, and I'm like, no, no, I love you, and I'm like hugging her and kissing her face, and I'm like, please, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be a jerk, you know, it's like it just came out wrong, so it's like, you know, she could have internalized that, and taken that home and been like, oh, God, Angela's such a jerk, you know? It's like, I was just trying to be helpful, and I wasn't even, you know, I was in probably like sales mode, like business mode, you know? It's just like you get in that do mode, and you're just like fast, like doing things. And, and I did like respond pretty, like, I was like, boom, there's <laughs> the answer to that. And I'm so glad you asked, because it's like, she could have gone home with like hurt in her heart, thinking that I'm just like, I don't like Brianna now, or I'm, you know, whatever it is. So, but there are these things that we have in our heart, and it's God doesn't just want us to understand it or be able to process it, you know. Um, he actually wants to heal the original wound that kind of caused the lens. It caused you to put this lens on in the first place. God wants to heal that thing. He, he doesn't want any one of us to walk around feeling like we're not important. You know, he doesn't want anyone to feel like you can't speak up in here. He doesn't want anyone to feel like um, you're unloved in this place or you're unloved by him. And so, so much of these lenses, it's like God wanted to help us understand how, how we can better kind of relate to one another. But when we have these lenses, this is actually how, man, this could be like three messages. But these lenses and these wounds, like, we are saying these things to ourselves all the time. 
We're, we are telling ourselves, I'm not important. I'm not good enough. It could even be happening at your job. I'm not good enough. I can't do a good enough job. I'm going to get fired in five minutes. Living in this fearful place because it's this, this wound, this lens, this thing that just like the enemy will just not shut up. He's trying to get you to pick this up in every relationship you have. He tries to get you to pick this up with your spouse. He tries to get you to pick this up with your children. He tries to get you to pick this up when you're at work. He's in, in, in here, of course. But he also, we also use this with God. I'm not important. Father God's far away. Or you know what? God's mean because you let this happen. God, you're mean. You let this happen. How could you let this happen? You're so mean. Like the enemy's always trying to get us to pick up this wound, this lie, and wield it. And he doesn't care if we beat ourselves or beat others with it. I used to think I was better because I would beat myself. I'm like, well, at least I'll beat other people with it. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I don't, great. <laughs> I don't really care. Just pick it up and wield it and use it and hurt people, even if it's you. Great. That's, that's what he wants. So, you get it? Yeah, yeah. So, to make it official... This is, this is actually what God wanted to do today. Like, he, he wanted to talk to us about all these relationships, but um, the most important relationship is the one that we have with him. You guys know that. It's like the one, it's the relationship of all relationships. It's going to feed, impact every single relationship in your life. And um, we're going to make it official. We're actually going to put a scripture verse on the screen. <laughs> Um, can you pop up Romans 9, 25? This is in um, the Passion Translation. And God is saying to those who were rejected, who's, who felt rejected? I felt rejected. Has any, who, like, raise your hand if you felt reject, if you felt rejection in your life. Yeah, almost everybody. I will say to you, you are mine. And to those who were unloved, how many of us, I've felt unloved. If you felt unloved, raise your hand, like be brave. This is interactive. If you have felt unloved, yeah. I will say, you are my darling. And in the place where they were told that you are a nobody, in this deep place, you can take this, the scripture off, it's okay. In this deep place, in your, in your guts, in your heart, in the deep place. It's in this place, way down here. This is the place where we stored this lie of you are nobody, that you're unimportant, that I don't care. It's right down in here that God actually wants to minister to your heart and actually start telling you, you're mine. You're my child. I love you, baby girl. I love you, baby boy. You're my favorite. I love you. Every time I talk, it's like I have to talk about the love of God. It's like he won't let me do anything else. But it's because it's the only thing that heals us. His love comes in and it heals us in this deep place. And so when you're feeling like you may need to pull this out. 
in here or anywhere, but we're kind of up in here today. If you feel like you need to pull this out, whether it's this way or that way, it really has to do with a lens. And God wants to start changing lenses. He wants to start talking to you about this process of switching out your lens. He wants to heal the wounds that you've, that you've suffered. When you were afflicted in that wound, it says, when, when you were afflicted, I was afflicted. God was afflicted. Like, he's carried your pain, too. And so, that's what it's really about, is God actually taking this thing that we've carried our whole lives and exchanging that today, getting rid of that pain. How many of you in here have cried out to God to help heal emotional pain? I've cried out to God over and over to to want to heal emotional pain. And so what we're going to do is we're not going to rush. We're actually going to take five minutes, five whole minutes. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit is going to actually start healing people right now. But we're not going to do it in isolation. We're going to stand up as 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 a family, as a church body. And whatever the lie was, Whatever, whatever, you know, this, this hammer said, I'm not important, I'm a nobody, or, you know, um, I am not worthy of love. Whatever your hammer said, you're going to tell the person to your right and to your left. Because when we are in isolation, when we don't share, we actually increase in chaos. We increase in dysfunction. So right, we're going to do right now, so everybody's going to go ahead and stand up. And if you're sitting alone in a row, go be brave. Go stand next to somebody. And we're going to take just five minutes. And the Holy Spirit, just like, the first thing we're going to do is um, you can't be alone. It's not allowed. No, like, go be with somebody. Go be with somebody. Like, I'm going to be bossy right now. I'm going to be bossy. I'm going to be with somebody. Yeah, I can make a sandwich. I like it. So the first thing you're going to do is just put your hand on your heart. And if you don't mind, like, just killing the, the big bright lights, whatever. We don't need all this, this lighting right now. We're just going to ask Holy Spirit. Hey, Holy Spirit, what is the lens that you want to change today? What is the lens? What is this lie that got etched on my hammer that you want to exchange for me today? Do we have time? Yeah, thank you, Jesus. just go ahead and share the lie. And you can share it because it's not true. 
It's not true, but share the lie with the person on your right and on your left. Because we're going to do something. So even Dakota and Neil, Mandy, maybe you guys scooch down a little bit. We're going to like really pray, pray, pray. Yeah, share that. So after they have, after they tell you, just pray for them. Pray. Pray. Just put your hand on their shoulder. Just, yeah. You don't need to give them like a dissertation on all the things your mom did wrong. (laughs) But just pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Good job, ladies. Yes. Yeah. And now after you pray for them, after you pray, Take your time and pray. Yeah. Just encourage that person that the opposite is true. The opposite is true, not just through prayer, but I want you to look them in the eye, look them right in the eyes, and tell them who they are in Christ, how important they are to God. Do that right now. If you're finished praying, Look them square in the eye and tell them the truth. We need to tell each other the truth about who we are. If we're not doing it, no one's doing it. Brad, tell Ryan how much you love him. He's just amazing. Good. Because all this man love is amazing right here. I'm eating it up. (laughs) Yeah. Keep going. It's awesome. Love to see people just being real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Caleb and Tracy, would you guys mind just hooking up with these guys right here, Edwin, and and just love on them for, for a second? If you guys wouldn't mind just being vulnerable and sharing couple to couple, and have those guys pray for you too. Yeah. Just share the thing, the lie. Thank 
Jesus. Joseph, do you mind coming over here? You and Grace, come over here and just uh, come on, come on down quickly, please, quickly, and just uh, be a prayer partner for Becky and pray over her. Let her tell you since she's been serving all service. Let her tell you what her hammer says. Minister to her. say some affirmations. It seems like a lot of people are done with the prayer part, which is awesome. And now just say, just kind of just release a couple of affirmations over people, over your prayer partners. If you're finished, even re- releasing some affirmations over your prayer partner, buddy, guy, um, find somebody else. This is how we destroy what the enemy has tried to do. I hope you guys can, yeah, it's like, it's This is destroying what the enemy has tried to do in us internally. This is bringing things from a state of chaos into order. This right now. is bringing us from dysfunction into function. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. If you're tired of affirming the person in front of you, go affirm somebody else. just thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. (laughs) Thank you, God. Yeah. I just so love this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to give another minute so that somebody can get ministry up here that didn't get to have that yet. Um, Guys in the booth, Brandon, Eric, Rannon, if you guys haven't shared your weapon thingy, your life thingy, go ahead and share it with one another right now. Or you can even come down and share it with somebody else. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. All right. You can pop the house lights back on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Yeah, Daniel, Tina, Jill, if you wouldn't mind coming up front. Tina, I know you're going to have to break yourself off from that fun in the back, but come on down. Yeah, we're going to pray for people. Okay, so, <laughs> so, um, I'm going to, I have like another 60 seconds where I need you to, I need to grab your attention up here so that we can finish up. Um, you guys did an awesome job. You guys rock. Yeah, you can clap for yourselves. You are amazing. 
You're amazing people. Um, did anybody, like, does, does anybody actually feel that shift for themselves just in their own heart? Just raise your hand. If you feel a shift, like, yeah, it's like, sometimes it's just so helpful to just connect with people. And this is where God is, like, pulling us out of dysfunction into function in, with one another. He's pulling us out of chaos when we get connected with other people who are going to tell us the truth about who we are because our lie keeps running, you know. I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so proud of you. I'm so thankful that Holy Spirit is, like, showing people stuff. Did, did, uh, did Holy Spirit, if Holy Spirit showed you the lie, like, raise your hand. If he showed you the hammer or whatever was on the lie for you, on the thing for you. Awesome. That's super awesome. All right. Now, um, we're going to have, I specifically asked for Daniel, Jill, and Tina to be on ministry team today. Because if you feel like you want to go after this lie, this stupid thing that the enemy has had you doing, um, they're going to be they're going to come down here to pray for you. I mean, you can come down here and they will pray for you. Um, so why don't we stand up? Why don't we stand up? Go whoo! Yeah, nice. Go yeah! yeah. Sunday's going to be good. Yes, it is. Yeah. Isn't it easier to, to step into joy and fun when you've kind of offloaded a little bit? Yeah. We've been carrying some stuff around, and God wanted to get that off of us and out of us. He wants to lighten the load for you, and he wants to do this all the time. He loves lightening the load for you. Jesus said, come to me if you're weary, if you're super tired, if you're carrying heavy burdens. He's like, I will give you rest. And he loves to give each other rest through, like, through you. Like, he gives people rest through you know, through you. You can actually do that. It's so beautiful to see. I love you, church. Uh, goodbye. That's it. <laughs> Amen. Have a good Sunday. <laughs>